0: Welcome to a Break from the Grind podcast. I'm your host Jason and this is my co-host George. Say something, George. God bless America. Which which God, by the way?
1: Any God you want.
0: Alright. So this week we are just gonna be shooting the shit a little bit here at the beginning of the show. We're looking towards uh it w- this isn't gonna be our pick'em. I know you're you're dying for a wonderful NFL picks. And George, how was your week, buddy? It was very long.
1: Very long. Week indeed. It's been one of the longest weeks I've had in recent history that I can remember.
0: Stuff at the grind?
1: Uh no, not really the podcast. There's more stuff at work. Uh the factory was a long, difficult week this week and it's only gonna get more difficult.
0: So, um I did something halfway fun last night. I ended up going to a concert, went to Orlando and
1: Wasn't Justin Bieber playing in Orlando last night?
0: He might have been. Oh. But that crowd of 15 dudes really enjoyed him, and I wasn't in there. No, my wife and I went and saw Maroon 5. Who? Maroon 5, you know Maroon 5. <laughs> no, I was, yeah. I'm not a big, I'm not the biggest fan of, I mean, it's catchy, I'm not the biggest pop fan in the world, but I was surprised when I went, you know, about 90% of the songs I knew, and knew the lyrics to, at least the hooks. I thought I'd go, and it'd be like any other concert you go to where, You go and you like four songs and the rest you're just kind of watching everybody else be dumb.
1: So I was kind of impressed that I actually knew some of the songs that you played for me over and over and over again this morning, trying to make me, hey, you recognize this song? You recognize this song? I'm like, no. You know, well, not my cup of tea. You did, but you
0: did know most of them. I knew,
1: I think I knew three.
0: Out of like the five or six I played. So I'd say 50% rate's pretty decent. I'm not saying you're a fan, but you know the songs. What continuously amazes me when I go to these events, when I go to any event, like football games, Orlando City soccer, uh concerts, pretty much any event, NASCAR even, is how drunk people get before they go to, into these events. Now, my tickets weren't great. I'm kind of a poor guy. I wouldn't say poor, but poor enough. So our tickets weren't super expensive. We were behind the stage. But I know what I spent on them. And the fact that the people in front of me won't remember the concert because they were so blitzed that <laughs> it always, it can, it can, never continues to amaze me just how absolutely drunk people get at these events. They can't just enjoy the, the concert on its own merit without getting blasted.
1: I I've, So I've been to a couple of concerts, and I completely agree. I don't understand. It's like going to a concert or a football game. Um, I'm a big wrestling fan or a wrestling event and just getting so hammered. That you don't remember anything from it. You might as well just take your 50, 60, 70 bucks, whatever you're paying for your tickets, and flush them down the toilet. Because that's essentially what you are doing.
0: Yeah, I mean, why not get some good drinks and just listen to the CD at home at that point? Might as well. I mean, you're going to remember about the same amount of stuff. And it's going to be cheaper. A good bit cheaper. Uh, I guess people just have way too much money and way too much free time. I I don't know
1: where they get it. Uh, I don't either, but listen... I'm just going to throw this out there to the five people listening. If you want to piss your money down the toilet, let me know and I'll send you my email address and you can throw it right into my PayPal account. It's like the same thing.
0: Listen, if you're not going to pay attention, to, if you're not going to remember what you just heard, you might as well throw it away on this podcast. We'll take your money.
1: Absolutely.
0: You don't even have to listen. Just give us the money. Yeah. Um, Like I said, I'm kind of poor. So throw me the money your way and, and we'll be good to go. Absolutely. I don't want to ruin the radio magic going on right now that we're recording as you're listening. Uh, it is Sunday morning, way too early on 9-11. So we thought we'd do what everybody does when they get, a, get together for the first time on 9-11 and, and tell the story of where, where you were when it happened, what happened. So George, where were you?
1: So on September 11, 2001, um, everybody knows, by now at least, that's probably one of the most horrific days in U.S. history. When the attacks occurred, I was on my way to the podiatrist. I was driving down, so most people don't know the states, of uh, the roads in Florida, and I get that. But I was driving down State Road 46, um, listening to the Howard Stern Show on the radio.
0: Hey, I'm going to cut you off. I think most people don't know what a podiatrist is.
1: This is true. That's a foot doctor. Okay, there you go. I was on my way to the foot doctor uh, listening to the Howard Stern show. You can say podiatrist. Our listeners are smart. If they're smart, they're not listening to us. It's true. <laughs> <laughs> Very true. So I was on my way to the foot doctor and I was listening to the Howard Stern show. And I thought at first it was just a bit. I didn't think that it was what it was because at the time it was so unbelievable. And after listening for about 10, 15 minutes, I started to realize this was not a bit this was real. This is actually really happening here. And I could not believe it. I got to the podiatrist office and they had a TV there and it was all over the TV, all over the news. Of course, everybody was watching. It was just unbelievable what was going on. It was one of those things where nobody knew what was going to happen next.
0: Yeah, I remember I think one of my most vivid memories is listening and hearing reports that like they found bombs planted in the in DC and and bombs were going off and there were tanks on the I, there was a report that there was a tank out on the street and you know the same stuff that always happens the false reporting the the rush to the rush to report so you can be ahead of the game breaking I, news Exactly. Well, I, we can, we can talk about the news later. I breaking news has turned into this is what we're going to talk about next. So it's breaking. Yeah, everybody rushed to judge. That's one of the most vivid things I remember about that day. Is that it, right away there were more and more and more scared the shit out of everybody, and we had enough real stuff to be frightened of. So to be frightened of like stuff that didn't even happen, that that kind of sucked. But uh, so you were you were at the podiatrist. Were you supposed to work that day, or was it a day off? You just taking time off for doctorate? No, I had,
1: I had the day off. Um, At the time, I was I was working two jobs, uh, which most people who know me know me working two jobs is kind of my thing. I, I was off that day. I was going to get an ingrown toenail removed on but, my foot. Let's be fair. You're off most days, whether you work or not. Not when I have to cover for you.
0: All right, so we'll move into my story. Um, At the time, I was running cable for a subcontractor for our local cable company. I'm one of the techie nerd guys, so it does boil down. You're out. just a nerd guy. That's true. It is very true. <laughs> it will contrast very sharply with the way we are today. Uh, at the time, Roadrunner or high-speed internet was pretty new. The majority of people were still, I think, in dial-up. Like, I think a low percentage of people had high speed. Uh, I was one of the guys that would come to your house and install that high speed internet. And the day I was doing it was, um, we were doing, I was doing trouble tickets. So if you had a problem with your internet, I would come over and fix it. And it was good for me because it was mostly indoors. You know, you troubleshoot somebody's computer rather than go climb up a pole. The downside for people on that day was, I'd have to shut off your cable to fix your problem and most people obviously didn't want their problem fixed. I, like you, I was listening to Howard Stern. I, th- I wonder what percentage of the people actually heard it for the first time from them. I would say it's probably pretty high. He had a pretty decent following.
1: He, he did, and at the time, he wasn't on Sirius XM radio, uh, so you could still get him on pretty much any of your local new uh, local radio stations, with, depending on what city you're living in.
0: Yeah, pretty much all the talk stations had him on in the morning. And yeah. if you didn't have him on and you were a talk station, you wish you had him.
1: So I was driving to my first
0: job and they said the first plane had hit the, the World Trade Center. And everybody had talked about it being a small plane because the World Trade Centers were so massive that it nobody expected it to be you know, a giant 747 just in scale.
1: Yeah.
0: So I showed up to my first job and the customer didn't have the TV on or anything. So I I said, hey, there's something going on in New York. You want to turn on the news real quick before I get started? And he turned it on just in time for us to watch the second plane hit the towers. And that kind of started my morning of showing up at a place and people saying, let's not turn it off. I don't need my internet. And that's why I say contrast, because where do you get your news now when something like this happens? Everybody rushes online, get up-to-date information.
1: Sir, I rushed straight to Facebook. And Twitter. No, I get my news from Facebook because that is the most reliable source anywhere.
0: In in a sharp contrast, like at that point, people were still rushing to their TV sets, CNN, Fox, whatever, uh, and getting their news from there. And nobody would. Sh- so I went to three different jobs, and nobody wanted me to turn off their. Um, nobody wanted me to turn off their cable to fix their internet. So I just ended up sitting sitting at a Seven Eleven that day with a, another cable installer friend, and we were just like. We were just glued to the radio like everybody else, just wondering what was going to hit next. The flights got grounded.
1: I remember my wife trying to get a hold of me. So a lot of people, if you're listening, you you pretty much know me. You know that I'm a uh, former uh, military. I did uh, six years in the Marine Corps Reserves. That day, my wife was trying to get a hold of me when she had found out about the attacks because she didn't know if... I was going to be activated right away or what was going on. And she couldn't get a hold of me and she was freaking out at the time.
0: So how long after this happened, did you get activated?
1: I would say about six
0: months. So they gave you six months. That's not bad. Yeah.
1: So we knew in advance that the odds were very, very high that we were going to be getting activated. It was just one of those things where we would go every month and we would get updates and emails and whatnot. And then, They told us, hey, it looks like we're getting word that this will be the date that we're going to be activated real soon. And, of course, then we were.
0: So did you end up, and didn't really plan on going here, but did you end up going to Afghanistan, or were you strictly Iraq? I was in
1: Iraq. You know, education, if you
0: make the most of it, you study hard, you do your homework, and you make an effort to be smart, uh, you, you can do well. If you don't, you get stuck in Iraq.
1: We flew from Tampa to... California. We're in California for a few weeks. And then from there we flew out to Germany to our to Kuwait and the rest was history from there.
0: So and I didn't again I didn't really mean to touch on this, so we can cut all this out if you want or we can keep it. But no, let's just keep it. when you went to Iraq, did you feel like the Iraq war was justified or I mean so I think I think everybody felt like Afghanistan was justified after what happened. But there was a, there were a small but vocal group that didn't think Iraq was, and I'll be honest with you i didn't I didn't at the time uh, it's one of the things that pushed me away from because I voted for George Bush the first time, uh, which would surprise you probably. I voted for him the first time, but his decision to go in Iraq is what pushed me away from him the second time and pretty much from the from that party going forward
1: so I would say that us going into Iraq. Well, I mean, nobody wants
0: to go to war. Don't get me wrong. I'm not yeah. saying, hey, were you super thrilled to go shoot somebody? But like, yeah. as far as the rhetoric and the and the reasoning.
1: So for the reasoning, I would have to say yes. Because what you see a lot of on the news is people saying, no, we shouldn't go to war. We shouldn't do this. We shouldn't do that. But what they never show, and it was a side that I got to see, was how thankful the people were in Iraq that we were actually there. We had many, many, many people tell us, thank you, thank you, thank you for coming here. They do love America and that they're very appreciative that we are there to to help them, to free them from a dictator who, in honest, is probably one of the worst dictators in the history.
0: And I agree. I mean, I agree, but I guess if... If our main goal was to save those people and, and remove the dictator, there's a lot of countries. There's a lot of countries we could do that for. There's North Korea. There's, uh well, I mean, Syria, we did it. Pretty much name a dictator Iran. You could go in and make a case that any of them deserves that same thing. So I guess my problem was what made Iraq special, if that was going to be the reasoning. and And, you know, I've heard the stories from people. And just like you said, I've read the stories from people where where people we did win their hearts and minds that was that was the goal. But I don't think that was ever the reason we went in. It just was kind of a side effect, ended up being a good thing for some people at the time.
1: So I'll never and I don't understand how people can think that. Not necessarily what you're saying, but so you have you'll see people who were in the military saying, you know, I don't think that going over there was was valid. I don't think going to this war that we should have done this or we should have done that and whatnot. And you know what? That's their opinion and that's fine and they're allowed to have it. But there are people who went over there and have died. And to, for somebody in the military to say, at least in my opinion, that going over there was useless and pointless and we never should have done it is to say that somebody died for somebody's death was useless. And I find that kind of offensive.
0: Well, see, but here's the problem. Like, let's take Vietnam, for example. We got into Vietnam for no reason other than to protect well I wouldn't say no reason, but no good reason. We stayed a lot longer than we should have, and I would say a lot of good men died for no good reason, and it's not their fault, and they fought with they fought admirably and honorably, and I'm not faulting the men for fighting and dying, and I respect them for doing it. It's not their fault they were there in the first place they got most a lot of them got drafted, and I'd say the same thing about Iraq. Was there nothing good that came out of it? There was. There's plenty good that came out of it, but the reasoning for getting there has nothing to do with how admirably and honorably the the, the men fought. It has everything to do with the politics here at home. So I'll a hundred percent of the time support the troops, but I very rarely support the reasoning behind it, especially when it's when it changed to morph so that they could justify the war as it went on. Oh, we're going to fight a ton of weapons of mass destruction. And then it didn't happen. So it became, let's take down this evil leader. You know, when you have to morph your reason for the war in the middle of the war to try and change the, to shape the opinion about it. That's when I think, and again, I, I totally understand why you'd say that. And I don't think anyone died in vain. I think a lot of good stuff came out of it for the people there. But I do think the reasoning behind it and I don't think we should have gone in.
1: So, I think we should have gone in. Um, at the time they thought the, all the intelligence that 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 we had pointed at Saddam Hussein funding the 9/11 attacks. The no, there was attacks.
0: there was literally zero the, no, there was literally
1: zero evidence of Saddam Hussein. Even
0: George Bush didn't really claim that. There's literally zero evidence of that.
1: After the fact, that's what they said, but that was what they were told, and that was the intelligence that they had gathered at the time. It was inaccurate intelligence.
0: No, none of. I think I think you have this wrong, uh, and we'll we'll have to look this up, and we can we can post this on our blog or whatever. I don't think there was any solid evidence linking Saddam Hussein to the terrorists at 9-11. I think what there was was evidence that they even knew was shaky at the time of them having weapons of mass destruction and them worrying about us, uh about terrorists getting their hands on that material and attacking us with it. But I don't think there was really any evidence of Saddam Hussein's. Now, Saddam Hussein supporting terrorists, yes, but no direct link from Saddam Hussein to the 9-11 who were based out of Saudi Arabia. And it, and it continues to baffle me that we gave Saudi Arabia a free pass after that. But, I mean, we attacked Iraq and people came from Saudi Arabia.
1: So we've gone completely off topic from where we were. But I did just do a really quick in-depth Google search because that's what I do. And there is a report right here from the New York Times that says weapons of mass destruction were found in Iraq. Oh, what? What weapons of mass destruction? Because here's the thing. I'm under the
0: assumption that we found what we knew was there. And that's not what we were being told that we were going for. Yeah. Now, I know we found some yellow cake material, which uh, I don't know how many people here actually care about any of this. So we won't get into it, which is leftover nuclear material. But we knew they had it. So that's not we weren't going there going, OK, we know you have a little bit of this and a little bit of that. Let's get them. Yeah. We were under the impression they were melic ma- ma- mass producing more of it, and then, they were just hiding from us. And
1: that wasn't the case. Like we found what we thought we'd find. Yeah, but they were also being very deceptive and allowing the UN inspectors to come through and and actually do the inspections. They they said, "Oh yeah, you can come in and do your inspections," and then they said, "Oh no, you can't." Hey, look, we had like we had legal justification
0: technically for going in there, but we also had. A significant amount of information at that point stating that we really didn't think they were a threat, and we selectively chose what intelligence we wanted to believe so we could actually go in there and fight.
1: I do believe that another part that played in us going into Iraq was the fact that Saddam Hussein, I believe, had at one point tried to shoot Bush Sr. and have him assassinated. Yeah, but we're talking like. I, I think that might have played a small role, not a. It wasn't the deciding factor. But I do believe that played a small role in Bush Jr. saying, "Yeah, let's let's go in and and into Iraq." I mean, that was how many years before you know we listen. One never forgets somebody trying to kill their pappy. If you try to kill my pappy, I'm never f- gonna forget it. All right, so
0: we wandered completely off the topic here. Uh, we'll probably leave it all in because I'm just too lazy to cut any of it out. Uh, but what we can do, and I'll cut all that out because you coughed. I did. I was trying to turn off my mic so nobody could hear it. And next time, just tell me and I'll mute it. Ah, that's even better. Point at me and I'll mute your mic and then not unmute it so I can...
1: doesn't matter which finger I point at you with, because I've got five fingers. And there's one specific one I like to point at you with.
0: Well, here's the... So I was going to say, if I mute you, there's no no guarantee I'm going to unmute you. And then I would just have this whole show to myself, which is what I really
1: wanted in the first place. I'll just talk even louder, and this way I can be picked up on your mic.
0: You probably get picked
1: up <laughs> louder on mic, mic than yours anyway.
0: Okay, so getting back onto the topic, uh, if you want to share with us where you guys were on nine eleven, you know, we'll we'll maybe talk about the next time. Any
1: we would we would love to hear your stories. Honestly, I I love hearing the stories of where people were on September eleventh. I love hearing how it's affected them. Um, I'm from up north. I had friends that were killed on September eleventh. So, if you were affected by that in any way, I personally would love to hear it.
0: So, if you want to go ahead and shoot that to us at bftgpodcast at gmail.com or at bftgpod at Twitter. The Twitter machine. And, or you can reach out to us at the Fantasy Life app as usual. I he think we,
1: at Dr. Mill. I am at Geo.
0: You know there's people, the people that were born after 9-11 may actually believe that 9 one was... Named
1: for the 9/11, which is—I wouldn't be surprised. I'm actually going to ask my kids about that later. All right, I I, I would love to know their answer. (laughs) I would, yeah, I would too. Because they they were both born after September 11, 2001.
0: So, all right, so we're going to move on to our next segment. It kind of plays into the theme of the 9/11 for today. Yes,
1: it does. First of all, your argument kind of just collapsed on itself. All right, it's all right, maybe We're just having a friendly little argument. Now, let's just say, for the sake of argument.
0: Tell us again what your argument is
1: all about.
0: So now we're going to move into our, for argument's sake, segment of the podcast. Once every week, we're going to come up with this one argument and beat it to death, basically, till you're tired of hearing about it. I don't know
1: if we'll beat to death, but Jason and I have very different views on a lot of different stuff. Anything from ice cream, to politics, to religion, to movies, to music.
0: Uh, You can send us argument ideas. If you send us a good one, we'll... We'll take it into consideration.
1: And then we're going to take complete credit for it, and we're not going to even acknowledge it, that it was somebody else's idea.
0: And we're going to make millions and millions of dollars at this podcast thing. Yes. So rich. Going to be so rich.
1: Because we have the best discussions.
0: Oh, so the best. uh, You've never heard any discussion better than ours. Just, Just the best.
1: We are just the best. Just
0: the best. This week we are going to discuss something that's on a whole bunch of people's minds, especially on 911, which is also the first day of the NFL season. You see more and more players are getting into this this uh protest for the Black Lives Matter movement or the anti-police brutality movement, and they are sitting for the national anthem or kneeling, I think is the new thing.
1: Yeah, it's so it's come out that uh sitting for the national anthem is very disrespectful. And so they've gone to Less disrespectful in kneeling.
0: If they kneeled and prayed, how would that? How would that work for you
1: during the national anthem? Yeah, praying. I okay kneeling and praying during the national anthem. Yes, I would find it just as of offensive if you were just kneeling and not praying. Okay, I just wanted to
0: throw that out there because I think I think say Tim Tebow kneels and prays. Like half the people that are mad at Colin Kaepernick right now would be okay with it.
1: He's not kneeling and praying during the national anthem. I'm just saying if he, it's like a wasted opportunity to
0: I think if you're a religious person and you wanted to make this this argument you could kneel and pray and
1: you can kneel and pray whenever you want that's fine you can drop down and worship whatever god you would like
0: Hey sir we are podcasting do not be checking your phone
1: Hold on I've gotten very 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 important information What is it Trade offers
0: put your phone down
1: it's not going through today <laughs> no that's the problem it will go through this morning <laughs> but uh yeah so no i don't care when you sit down whenever you want to sit down and pray hey that's your business i don't care um if you do it during the national anthem i would find it just as disrespectful it was as if you sat as if you laid down as if you picked up a phone and started making phone calls or start texting people, or fantasy like football that. trades. I didn't hear the national anthem in the background. Oh, I you know ha- how I didn't you know how you know I didn't hear the national anthem in the background. I am still sitting. Well, here's the thing.
0: We'll, we'll get into that in a second, but I can go post edit some national anthem stuff right there and make you look really bad.
1: You can, and you probably will. But so that's I thought okay.
0: I did find out something awesome about George this week. Um, being ex-military.
1: Define the term awesome because I don't think it's very awesome.
0: <laughs> well, so I found out this week that anytime... Uh, we were talking about this during work hours at the at the factory this weekend. um, I, We were talking about people complaining would be sitting at home during the National Anthem, say at the Super Bowl or during a race. They don't get up. They may even go get a snack. And George let me know that he stands no matter when he hears the National Anthem. I do. To me, that is awesome. One... To be that respectful, which I'm not. I'm, I'll be honest with you, I'll sit during the National Anthem if it's televised. If I'm there in person, I'm going to be 100% respectful.
1: So here's the thing with the National Anthem. Other than like the Super Bowl or some major sporting event, 99% of the time, they don't even show the National Anthem on television. That It's too much marketing, too much advertising time that they could be getting millions of dollars from corporations like... Budweiser or Doritos or Lay's or something like that.
0: Oh, I have a feeling it's going to be shown a whole lot this week.
1: Uh, this weekend, uh, especially today being September 11th, I tend to agree because it's a media point. They want to see what the players are doing. Are they standing? Who's who's standing? Who's sitting? What what, what type of statements are they trying to make?
0: This information came to me at an, at the most opportune time when George was at work. Now, George stands at work, I'd say, 90% of his day.
1: I'm not as lazy as I make myself up to be.
0: Standing by itself does not make you, uh, unlazy.
1: It, it is when I have a big, huge, comfortable chair I could be sitting in.
0: We found out that George will stand at any point during the National Anthem, and given the fact that I have a limited set of morals, the moment he sat down for the first time, I played the National Anthem.
1: Over and over again.
0: And not just like any version of the National Anthem, I found an 11-minute version of the National Anthem.
1: And I'm thankful that there was only three minutes of that was the actual National national Anthem, excuse me.
0: (laughs) The rest was a bunch of fluff, but the search continues. I swear I am going to catch you in the bathroom sitting down.
1: And I will stand in the bathroom. It is absolutely true.
0: I hope I catch you mid-push. We talked about this. Anyway, so to get back on topic, now that we've gone in a disres, now that we've gone in a disrespectful area, uh, the the comments lately have been about Colin Kaepernick and sitting was where it started, and whether he had the right to, which we both agree he does have the the absolute right to sit,
1: absolutely his right.
0: And people do have the right to to knock him for it. I mean, that's what the First Amendment is. You have the right to protest. They have the right to be mad at you for your protest. But George, why do you think it's a bad thing?
1: I don't think him uh, sitting or now he's kneeling for the national anthem is a bad thing. It's 100% within his rights. At first, when he first came out with why he was doing it, it was very, very poorly worded. I think when he came out, he said that he's not going to stand for a song that represents a flag of a nation that oppresses black people. And... I found that to be kind of offensive, and maybe it's just because the military personnel in me. But there are people who have died for that flag. There are people who have, have laid the ultimate sacrifice for that flag for him to be able to say stuff like that. And while it's completely within his rights to be saying stuff like that... And I will always support that. That does not mean I have to like it.
0: So to be, to for his, to his credit, he did come out and clarify later, which he did. And he's uh, one of his statements here is the media is painted as I'm this anti-American, anti-men and women of the military, and that's just not the case at all. He says, mm-hmm. I realize that the men and women of the military go out and sacrifice their lives and put themselves in harm's way for my freedom of speech and my freedoms in this country and my freedom to take a seat or take a knee. So I have the utmost respect for them.
1: Yep. And we've had this discussion before. My biggest issue with was more so with his original comments uh, versus him going back and clarifying. Uh, once he went back and clarified, I be, I became one that had less and less of an issue with what he said and what he's doing. I get why he's doing it. I support why he's doing it, but that does not mean I have to like it.
0: I think people associate the military with the flag and the national anthem deeply for obvious reasons you know the the troops carry the flags they fight for the freedoms that it represents i think i think what gets lost is that the flag and the national anthem represent everything in society not just the military
1: when the national anthem was first written though it was written during the battle of the defiance of fort mchenry on September fourteenth, eighteen 1841, by uh, Francis Scott Key. When that, when, when he first wrote this, it was over the, over the bombardment of Fort McHenry by British sailors and the Royal Navy in the uh, Baltimore Harbor. There was supposed to be a trade agreement between the British and the U.S. They were going to be doing a troop swap. Now, We had some British soldiers, they had some American soldiers, and we were going to be doing a swap on them, and. When Francis Scott Key went onto the British ship and negotiated this prisoner exchange, they demanded, one of the things they demanded was that the flag over the fort be taken down. When he said if they didn't, they would literally bomb the hell out of that fort. That's exactly what the British did. They bombed the snot out of that fort. That fort at the time, excuse me, the fort at the time was not occupied by military personnel. It was actually occupied, so there was military personnel there, but a large part of that fort was occupied by women and children.
0: So I'll make a Star Trek reference for all the nerds out there. It's like the Star Trek Enterprise and the... In the next generation, it was like a military ship, but it was on an exploration mission. Lots of family. So anytime they yeah. got put in harm's way... They would send them to Fort McHenry.
1: Right. Um, and the British did just that. They bombed the snot out of it. And they did it for, I believe it was like a day or two. And then when Francis Scott Key went back to the fort after everything was over with, he seen this big flag that was just tore to hell. And it was not being held up by a pole or anything. It was actually being held up by personnel inside the fort. And when one of them would die, somebody else would go up there and hold the fort, hold the flag up. And that was the inspiration of the song. The the National Anthem was actually a poem at the time that he had written that had become the National Anthem. For very good reason, the National Anthem is associated with the military. Right, but it...
0: It's still, it's a symbol of everything. It, it Over time, it's, it's over been Over been... time,
1: yes. Over time, it has. Excuse me. Over time, it absolutely has. But it's original, where it originated from was during a war, during a battle at Fort McHenry. And that, I think, is why you see a lot of outcry over people disrespecting the National Anthem.
0: Well, see, I have a I have a completely different opinion on why there's an outcry, and it's not. I don't think it's historical at all because I think the majority of Americans not only don't know that story. I was
1: about to say there's probably a vast majority of Americans that absolutely do not know that story
0: or don't care, and that don't too. care about it. That's, I think,
1: that's absolutely true.
0: I think in this country, uh, I think I think we've made it a business of this in this country of propping the flag. We've made We've made false, well, I guess to take a religious term, we've made false idols. Like, we've made the flag a symbol of freedom. We've made the national anthem a symbol of the military. We use it when we want to use it.
1: I think the flag is a symbol of freedom.
0: I think the flag is a symbol of freedom, but I think it's used way too often as a way to attack our opponents. Oh, they're not patriotic enough. They're not. We've idolized it so much that to knock it in any way which is also very american makes it an affront to everybody who's ever served or anybody who's ever lived in this country and it's just not
1: well so we take we
0: take patriotism and we make it a political thing
1: so and i agree the
0: flag pins are ridiculous everybody has to have a flag pin or they're not american no yeah, screw that I, I mean that those flags you
1: um, don't have to have a listen i don't have a flag pin i would challenge anybody to say that i'm not proud of my country i'm not proud of to be an american
0: and i think i think the biggest problem that came out of this colin kaepernick thing well the, the biggest problem is people take what they believe the national anthem to mean what they believe the f- the flag to mean and they push it on everybody else it's 100 percent of the military
1: and, and and they're absolutely within all of their rights to do that
0: they and they are but they're assuming that colin kaepernick's reasoning or his his opinion or his what those things stand for to him are the same as theirs and it's not and it doesn't have to be
1: and it doesn't have to be but when he first came like i said and i'll always go back to because you know my stance on this has changed um my original issue was with what he came out with when he first was interviewed and talked about this his original issue was with the flag and the country, and what he believes it represents, and what it's done to a specific group of individuals, and I 100% completely disagreed with everything that he had said. Now he has come out and changed his stance, and he's clarified what he said, and 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 he's backed off the the uh, and said, you know, I don't hold any offense to any of the military and whatnot, and. And I support what he's doing now. Um, I did not originally support him.
0: You do, but you are on record as saying that you uh, will stop supporting the Dolphins if they do a similar protest. I would. Why? Because... If If you support what he's doing now.
1: I would. So, I support what he's doing. I don't like the fact that he's doing it and using the National Anthem as his platform to get... His message out,
0: but again, he's he is protesting the anthem because of part of what it represents, which is he's
1: protesting that the anthem because that's what. And, and this is your words. He's using the anthem to get his message out because if he was protesting, wasn't protesting anthem, it wouldn't get nearly as much publicity as it was. Well, and that's, that's if he did it just in a post interview after the game, nobody would care.
0: Well, that's true, but he's also. That is absolutely true. If he did it in a post interview, nobody would care. But he's also doing it to show that hey, part of the flag, part of the national anthem, part of that supports, part of what that represents, the country supports oppression of what he said, what he says is oppression of black people. In fact, how many years do you think slavery was around after the national anthem was adopted? Um, it's fifty. I, was I mean, say, it's I was it's,
1: say it's between fifty to sixty years. So for
0: fifty years. And by the way, the country's not that old in in comparison. No, it's not. So a quarter, a quarter of this country's existence, while that national anthem was in effect, there were slavery of the people that he's saying have been or will, are being oppressed. I think he's not, I think his his reasoning is to protest some of what that means not all of it, not the military, not the good stuff, but the stuff that he sees as as a problem. And I I don't have a problem with that.
1: No, and like I said, I don't have a problem with what he's doing. I don't like it. I don't like the fact that he's using the the national anthem as a prop to get his message across. But
0: but you but
1: you. But I I understand. You understand what it. He, what I understand why he's doing it. And like I said, I don't have to like it. That's completely my right. I, I don't have to, and I don't, but I understand it. And, and like you said, he, if it was just a post game interview, it wouldn't get nearly as much play as it does. But the fact that he did it during the national anthem—that's what's making it a, a a big thing.
0: But here's the th- here's the other thing. I think I think on top of people lumping their what they feel like the national anthem stands for, and that's one of the problems. I think people use that. People's feelings about that to totally just not talk about the reason why what, i i explain I don't think we've so in this whole thing we haven't we've talked all about and not us but the media in large it's talked about what Colin Kaepernick's doing and what it means to the military what it means to the people who've served and died and nobody talked about the black Lives matter matters movement or the movement he and i think they do it on i think it, they do it on purpose it's easier to talk about how he's offensive than it is to talk about the actual issue I, that he brings up
1: i think the issue that he's bringing up does get lots of play i, I think it is something that's on the national stage that it, people are aware of
0: but if you look at the media now which what is dominated it's not the black lives matter movement or the um or Prus- police brutality towards the African-American population, it's all about, is he anti-American, anti-soldier, anti-U.S., anti?
1: anti I think that just depends on what news station you're watching.
0: I watch a lot of them, both left and right. I like to know what what the crazy side's saying, so I watch a lot of Fox. I would say that's why I watch CNN. (laughs) Um, You have to admit... Fox is way more right than CNN is left.
1: I don't watch either, to be honest. I I, I I lean one way, but I don't really watch I don't really watch Fox News at all.
0: Well no, but you go to way right wing blogs, which are even to the right of Fox News.
1: Like I said, I get all my news from Facebook. That is the most reliable source. It's on the internet. You cannot lie if you're on the internet. It is gospel.
0: So the emails were good then, huh?
1: emails were fantastic
0: those were on the internet
1: they were all deleted
0: oh those are on the internet so she can't lie this is true huh.
1: <laughs> okay we're kind of getting off topic again we
0: are so a lot of that will get cut out um so one thing i want to touch on which i think is crazy and if if a muslim uh, a mom had said anything like this there was actually a pastor who was who was also a uh, announcer for a alabama high school football team Uh, that said that anybody who doesn't stand for the national anthem should be shot. Can you imagine if an...
1: I I cannot support that statement at all.
0: Can you imagine in this country if if a Muslim imam had actually come out and said, hey, if you don't stand when our religious, I I don't know enough about what they... But if you don't pray the way I do, you're going to get shot. If you don't believe the way I do, you're going to get shot. Isn't that that the argument against Sharia law? You know, if you don't agree with me, you get shot. Yeah. So I think that kind of stuff's crazy. And what I liked about that, um, an unnamed veteran, and he's only unnamed because I couldn't find it in the story, uh, came out and said this about it. We fight so that all Americans retain their rights and freedom of protest. And his last name's Bender because that's what they list, but they don't list his rank or his first name, Bender. (laughs) His first name is... I would never turn a weapon on my own countrymen simply because they protest by remaining seated during the national anthem. By refusing to recite a pledge of allegiance, refusing to stand for, or pledge during any act, these things we do, these pledges, these songs, these are not compulsory acts. They are acts that we are all free to join in or not. I am proud that we have the freedom, whether or not I agree with someone's nonviolent protest. He then continued, "You, on the other hand, are promoting extremist violence in the way that the state, in the, by the way of state-sanctioned executions." You know, you are obviously standing for the compulsory actions by the way of preaching hatred, jingoism, and American exceptionalism, all because people do not believe or think the way you do.
1: It's actually a great topic. It's a topic that needs to be discussed. I believe that the only way we're ever going to solve issues in the world is with discussing them, whether they're easy topics or they're difficult topics. The best way to, to deal with an issue is to discuss the issue. You don't have to disagree on everything, even though the name of this segment is for argument's sake. That doesn't mean we're always going to disagree. We're going to bring up subjects that we can agree on. We're going to bring up subjects that we're going to disagree on. But we're going to bring up subjects that will make some people very uncomfortable. And we're okay with that. These are discussions that need to be had. Shout out to our boy Neil at Dodgers. Um, I'm going to be getting with him. I'm hoping to get be able to get on his show and we're going to have this same discussion. And it's not because we disagree with anything. It's because it's a topic that needs to be discussed. The best way to approach these topics is to just come out and discuss them. These are discussions that need to be had. Whether you feel one way or another, they need to be discussed. By not discussing them, by not approaching them, you're doing everybody a disservice.
0: I do want to say, I think you broke... We need to get Guinness in here. I think you... You broke the record number of times you said discuss or discussion in one paragraph.
1: I probably did. I would be... Can I put that on my resume? Absolutely. Absolutely. What do you think about the Seahawks coming out saying that they were going to do a display or a team... As a whole team, they were going to do something during the national anthem.
0: As long as it's respectful, and that's the key thing, we'll see what it is. That's the
1: problem. So... Doug Baldwin, uh, came out last night and I 100% support this. Um, they're going to come out and during the national anthem, they're going to interlock arms, showing a sign of unity.
0: I think that's, I think that's
1: great. I think it's a lot better than what a lot of people were thinking that they were going to do. I'll be one of them. I thought that they were all going to kneel down as a team during the national anthem. I would have found that kind of disrespectful. So let me ask you this. Okay. What would you think if the NFL came down and started fining players for kneeling during the national anthem? Uh,
0: I would have to see what rule it fell under. I mean, I guess it would probably fall under conduct detrimental to the league.
1: uh, I would say it would probably fall. So I would say it would probably fall underneath the code of conduct rule.
0: Because right now there's nothing specific. And I think they'd put themselves in a bad spot because they've already kind of come out and said that they're within their rights to do it. So. So doing this after the fact would look reactionary and I don't know that it would hold up if they actually went to trial because they've already come out supporting the right to do it.
1: So but what they're I, always going to be allowed to change their stance because But I would say, you know,
0: your first amendment right goes basically as far as the government's concerned and, and the NFL's their
1: employer. That's that's where so, I was going so with the that.
0: The NFL's their employer. They have the right I, I think the NBA has a rule that you have to stand during the national anthem. So
1: the, the NBA does.
0: So I think, I think they're well within their right to make him stand. I think it would look bad at this point. Uh, I think you'd want to get ahead of that. Maybe not like after the first time it happens, you want to come out and say, okay, we, we're not going to allow this. N- now that it's gone on a while, I think they're going to look bad if they do it.
1: So I think if they came out and they issued a memorandum to all 32 teams and said, Hey, listen, during the national anthem, if you kneel, sit, or do anything that could be deemed offensive, you will be fined. What if they and,
0: just didn't come out of the locker room?
1: Then that's fine. That's that's You don't have to. I, well, so I, uh,
0: there may be a rule that they have to be on the field during the National Anthem. The, I don't know. The,
1: there may be a rule that you have to be on the field You know, X amount of time prior to kickoff. I don't know. I'd actually have to sit down and look at the, the rules on that. I, I'm not going to pretend that I do know them. But if the if the NFL came out and said, you know, if you do... X, Y, and Z during the national anthem, we're going to fine you and it's going to start at like, we'll say $5,000. And then we're going to go to 10 and then each offense afterwards is going to be $25,000. I think they would be perfectly within their rights just because they are a corporation. You are an employee of the NFL. Yes, you are... You know, a member of the Seahawks, the Dolphins, the Chargers, the Jaguars, the 49ers, Niners—whatever team you're a part of.
0: So I can end this. I can end that whole conversation with this. The NFL finds people over their socks.
1: Exactly. So
0: that you know. I mean,
1: hearing they're, they're, that
0: they're going to find somebody over this, I—I I honestly expected it earlier.
1: I'm kind of surprised they haven't. I think if they start to lose sponsorships, um, I know Brandon Marshall has already lost. Uh, Brandon Marshall, linebacker for the. The Denver Broncos, not the wide receiver for the Jets. Uh, he's already lost a sponsor for, for kneeling during the national anthem. And I think, Um, I think maybe. I believe it was a predominant, predominantly military backed financial institution. It was, it was some sort of government bank or something like that, that the large portion of their members are military members. So that it, for them to drop him as their spokesperson kind of makes sense. You
0: remember, uh, in the Olympics when Gabby Douglas uh, had poor posture during the anthem, yes. and everybody attacked her yep why didn't anybody attack her as anti military I don't know I mean it literally didn't happen so why is this why is what uh the football what the football players are doing anti military but what gabby did completely not well
1: because they did attack they, her don't get me wrong they they, they, they attacked they, her yeah, for they they did
0: for for bad form or
1: yeah. Um, But she didn't come out and speak out against the flag and anything like that. And I think that's got a lot to do with the fact why she wasn't attacked or attacked in a way that Kaepernick was. She didn't come out and, and say she's not going to stand for a flag or anything like that. So I think that's probably the reason why the jersey of LeBron James when he went to Miami.
0: If uh, if any dolphins take a knee, are you going to not watch?
1: I would have to say yes. So if any of them just won,
0: like the say the punter. <laughs> punter. Say the punter takes a knee. You're just going to turn it off when they punt? It's the Dolphins, so I'll probably say yes. <laughs> yeah, that's a that's a good 50% of their game. <laughs> yeah. It's a 100% of their offense and 50% of their game. He's not going to make as
1: much as the punter for uh, the 49ers, though. No, not for sure. But No, I so I've already uh, posted a thing on Facebook that if – the dolphins players if they kneel or sit during the national anthem I will not watch I can't support that so that's that's basically my stance on it if, if my team if they sit or kneel during the national anthem I will not watch the game
0: sweet come watch the bucks with me
1: i will be at my mother-in-law's cuz we're having lasagna for dinner and i will not be watching the bucks game
0: hey bring some of that new lasagna or bring some of that lasagna to work so i can have some in my new office
1: yeah your office <laughs> You're a squatter. You don't even have a desk. you got a freaking table. A, a crappy table at like that. Hey, everybody start somewhere. <laughs> this is true. I have my own space. <laughs> for now. You'll be back downstairs next to me shortly. Uh, You're looking forward to it. You know
0: And the it. beatings will continue.
1: So, anyway, let's go ahead and wrap this thing up, Jason.
0: And that concludes our show for the week. George, tell the nice people where we can be reached.
1: If you'd like to reach out to us, you can find Jason and I on Twitter at BFTG Pod. You can find us on the Fantasy Life app. I am at Geo.
0: I'm at Dr. Mill.
1: And you can email us at BFTGpodcast at gmail.com. And our website is bftgpodcast.com. As always, we'd like to thank you for taking a break from your daily grind.